game two. A post-game two. Um, every team in the playoffs has played at least up to game two. Actually, all of them have played exactly up to game two. Um, so it's good timing on our part. But post-game twos, um, we wanted to get it out, get out an episode um, after these first home stands with these teams, kind of gauge on what we're seeing in some of these series so far. Um, basically, six of them are interesting. The top two seeds in the East are looking like they're they're either going to sweep or be over in five. Uh, the rest of the series, though, have at least some bit of intrigue. Um, but I think the one that both of us are most captivated by um, – there's really, I think there's there's two or three that stand above the rest. But the Knicks and the Hawks played game two last night. Um, it's really been this 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 what you, what you, what's the term the the party the out outcoming party for Trey Young. Yeah, the breakout of Trey yeah. Young. Break yeah, we the return of the MSG. Yeah. yeah, like there's so much happening. There's been a lot. Um, game one, you could turn it on first three minutes. You could tell it was going to be a ridiculous atmosphere. I feel like, and TNT really kind of toned down the audio. Yeah, turn it up, too. Yeah. I, like, I'm fine with them just turning the commentary off. Like, just yeah. Like, if there were, if there was, an, if they were to offer an alternate <laughs> broadcast where there's just no color commentary um, and it's just the sounds from MSG, I would, I would pay probably you know, five, 10 bucks a game to just watch that over the regular. Cause I think it's just so, yep. it's so fun just hearing, hearing the different ways that MSG reacts to some of these plays. Um, but anyway, more fun than hearing Marv Albert. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and <laughs> especially when Reggie, uh, Reggie just seems to ruin, he had a good point in one of the, in one of the Suns, the, this, the game yeah. two of the Suns Lakers game that I liked. But other than that, I just, I'm just like, shut up. Like at the time, like, I just don't want to hear it. Uh, but we'll reca- we'll recap game one of of the Hawks Knicks series and then get into game two last night. Um, so game one, Knicks come out looking pretty strong. The Hawks sort of keep pace with them, but it, it really felt like the Knicks were going to take that one. They get into the final five minutes. Their offense really slows down. Um, the only guy who was really hitting shots for them late was Burks, who had one of the best games of probably his career. Who was just hitting everything. They were sort of going to him late. Um, Randall struggled a lot in game one and two until the second half, really. But um, in game one, he shot six of 23. He was just really not fat, not really a factor. Capella has been great protecting the rim all series, really. But um, which we didn't expect. Night. Yeah. Yeah. And and this, this problem that the that we thought the Hawks were going to have of who they're going to who they're going to guard Randall, it seems like they've they've done a lot better job of what what we thought. I mean, he's not having nearly quite the success he had in, in the regular season. But the highlight of game one certainly was was Trey Young hitting the floater with about one second left. He immediately hits it, and then they cut to him, and he says, it's quiet as fuck in here to, to, to the crowd at MSG. I, and such he, a good moment. Yeah, that's such like a villain moment. It reminds me of Reggie Miller just, just, just being, yeah. you know, doing the choke signal at Spike Lee and all of that good stuff, just talking back at the crowd. That was one of the most badass things I've ever seen in a in a playoff game, especially from a guy him. It's that was his playoff debut that game. Yes, and yeah. he's not even someone who I can say I'm really a fan of. I, he's starting to grow on me because of this series. Because now he is, but but 
before that game, I was kind of like, oh, I don't really like Trey Young. I think he could be really attacked on defense, and he's 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 like the the next evolution of Harden's flopping. I just don't really like him, but. He he kind of won me over at that moment, and even though, yeah, I I, I still like it's it's a weird conundrum for me because like I don't really care who wins the series ultimately, but I want to like see That's like seven, like I want to see like seven, I want to see like a game yeah. seven in MSG, and like no matter what happens, I'll be happy. Um, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, so I'm fine with the way it went. I thought it was really cool how he hit how he hit that shot and. Um, you can tell he loves the attention that he's getting. They're, they in game two they open. They're booing him every time they get the ball. Every time he touches the ball, they, they put out the, Yeah, they, he's, he loves it. They put out the flyers that say the chant for tonight is Trey Young is balding, which for a chant is a little too long. A little too long, I think they didn't really go with the classic yeah. fuck Trey Young. And even when they did, you gotta keep it simple. TNT, yeah, TNT again, kind of like tones down the audio a little bit more than they did in game one. But game two had a lot more reasons for excitement for the Knicks um, in the second half, at least. But Trey Young comes out, doesn't look scared, doesn't look scared at all. He scores 12 in the second quarter alone. He was easily the best player on the floor in the first half. Um, the Knicks really still have no clue how to attack him on offense, um, which is which is sort of strange because – uh, you, I, I understand that they don't really have a dominant guard, but I think even if you get him in isolation with Rose, Rose is going to be able to blow by him. So what, what do you think about that? And, and Do you think they should just try to attack him with Rose? Or Yeah, I mean, Rose, you got RJ. Like, you have options, and I feel like they've been a little bit passive, if anything, and trying to, like, actually hunt for mismatches, um, which is sort of the exact opposite of what you see in the Dallas series, which, like, that's been – the key for Dallas being 2-0 up in their series is they're matchup hunting like crazy. And, okay, you don't have Luka, obviously, if you're the Knicks. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you have Derrick Rose and with the way that he was playing in the second half, um, I don't think there's any reason not to, to try and attack Trey, um, like, literally on every single possession that you can attack him with. Um, you know, I think putting him into pick-and-roll situations, if you can get him switched on to Randall, that would be amazing. Um, that would probably get like Randall a lot of confidence, which it seems like he needs right now too. Um, but you just need to, to try and find some kind of different way to attack. And like, you know, the next offense was kind of my biggest worry coming into the series either way. Um, you know, I think that outside of Randall's kind of shot creating, the offense sort of is stagnant and a little bit messy and, and kind of fires some kind of bad shots, to be honest with you. Um, but, you know, I thought their defense would keep a minute, which it did in the second half of the second game, uh, but they, they really got to figure out a way to, to attack some of these um, potential mismatches that they have because, like, Atlanta is not a good defensive team, uh, so, like, they, they should be scoring more against Atlanta, um, and if anything, it kind of worries me if they do win, how are they going to fare against Philly, which is a much better defensive team. Yeah, and – the Knicks' offense, like you said, they were doing a lot of weird stuff in this game. Um, game two, I mean, I thought game one they were a little more fluid. Obviously, they, they sort of exploded towards the end of game two. But for the first half of game one, they were 
doing all this weird stuff on offense um, compared to what Atlanta's doing, which is more modern and really like spacing the floor, shooting a lot of threes. It kind of came back to bite Atlanta in the end, but all of them are good looks. I mean, like, for example, Gallinari was just was just jacking over and over and over and over. And sometimes the math catch, catches up and, and burns you um, with like, meaning the Knicks. Like sometimes the pure volume is just going to burn you and sometimes it's not. And that's kind of how we've seen in playoff games in past years. These these just high variance shots can really just make or break your team. But the Knicks are sort of doing this thing where they're, they keep going to to iso guys in the corner they did it with rj for a couple times and it just doesn't make sense that's just not like that's just it makes no sense because you there's no there's that's the spot on the floor where there's the least amount of driving room ever so yeah and it's easy, easy like trap. yeah ideally you want to get middle and if you're in the corner it's the it's hardest to get middle and they can just force you baseline because they have the sideline they've they have two two out of bounds lines sort of cut you off so just think about it that way the goal, the goal of NBA offense should be get to the middle or kick it out to someone who's spotting up, and that's really what Atlanta's doing. Um, and the Knicks sort of didn't really figure that out at all in this game until kind of the end, but that was a lot of fast-break stuff that they were able to come back with. Um, and then Randall had not scored a single point until four minutes to go in the second quarter, which was – pretty unacceptable if you're a Knicks fan and had been watching this guy all year just sort of take guys one-on-one and and be able to score so he and they are selling out Atlanta is selling out to stop Randall I will say that yeah and that's why you're seeing these Reggie Bullock get a lot of good looks um you're seeing you're seeing RJ get some good looks too they they are they are focusing their defense heavy on Randall but um Randall is the most dangerous when he's sort of able to do that little pump fake um, at the top of the key and, and drive hard and draw contact or um, kick out, I guess. But ideally, you want him shooting when he's inside because the Knicks aren't the best aren't the best three point shooting team compared to Atlanta. Whereas Atlanta is the really running the running tray, trying to just get him either hey he's he's getting foul, he's he's getting a layup, or he's kicking it out. So. Um, Randall started to attack the basket in the third. The Knicks go on a 16 to two run, take the lead. This is when MSG was about to fall off the, the foundation <laughs> of where it was built because that was it was absolutely absurd watching this. They bring in Obi Toppin for a couple plays. He he, he gets good. a block, I think, and then they lob it to him. Um, probably, the lob was probably the single most like like reaction wise, like the single loudest play I can remember. Um, in probably, you know, since, I don't know, like maybe a game winner from, from Melo or something, but like, it, it really it's felt so, uh, like different than that. Insanity. Yeah, yeah. Like it really felt like, um, different than even those years for, for Knicks fans. Cause it's just the playoffs. And it's just different. That's, that's not something they really ever had. They did have it with Melo, but that team was kind of, it just wasn't as fun. Yeah, that's fair. Like, I think that's fair. Like, it was just a lot of, like, heavy, mellow isolation. And there weren't these young guys that were, like, lovable as kind of this old veteran team that, that – Yeah. And I, I don't know. It, it just didn't – it doesn't feel the same as, as how it feels this now. This team is just really easy to root for. Yeah, I, I think – yeah, I would agree with that. I, I think I think this, te- this team's 
this team's really fun to root for. And um, Randall is just a really lovable guy. Um, and I don't think I don't think that's really I don't think that's something the Knicks have really had since since Lynn and even Lynn was not was not like torching guys in these playoff games. So he kind of had his little run and that was it. But um, anyway, the Knicks the Knicks turned their sixteen to two run into a thirty to eight run. Um, and Trey Young's still sitting. He's sitting the first probably three four minutes of the fourth here. Um, and the Hawks able the Hawks actually able to go on a nine to zero run once once he gets back in the game. Um, and I, I'm hoping an adjustment that we can see from out from Atlanta in, in, in games three and four is staggering um, Boyanovic and Young, Trey Young's minutes because when it's Lou Williams running stuff, Lou Williams is like their point guard in that in those minutes where both of them are sitting and it just doesn't make a lot of sense because he's not he's not someone who's who's like looking to create shots for others he's kind of just isoing and he takes these long jumpers that you just don't feel you don't feel good about you never feel like they're going to go in and when trey young and and bogey are shooting those you, you you do you feel a lot better um it's it's just it's just how it is um yeah. another thing was the Knicks, the Knicks were able to pull away in this game. Once the Hawks got a little too happy from three, they started trying to not the, instead of like chipping away at, at the deficit, they started just gunning, gunning, gunning. And the thing was, the, the scary thing for the Knicks is that a lot of these looks were really good. I mean, good, good looks from good shooters. You had Hunter who was really hot in the first half. He just missed a couple at the end. Same thing with Bogey. Um, Gallinari too, really, and and Trey Young was able Herter, to hit, yeah, Herter, all of those guys. Trey Young was able to hit a couple, but um, then they just kind of went cold, and now we sit and we're one one, and this series could really go either way. I'm still leaning towards Atlanta here, just because I think they could win. I think I think one of the games in Atlanta, they're just going to come out and win by twenty and just shoot the lights just out. Shooting, yeah. yeah, we really haven't seen that yet. Um, but you know, if, it, yeah. if it's two two, we're going back to New York for Game Five. That that becomes really interesting, um, and it, it it's going to be, you know, that Knicks fans are going to be excited the closer they get to to winning a playoff series. It's just it's just how it works. I mean, Atlanta Atlanta is going to be. I think the atmosphere in Atlanta is going to be a lot better than what most people are probably expecting because they're they're oh, yeah. really really high. I think they're at a hundred percent now. So. Um, and they they they're also a franchise who hasn't had a lovable playoff team in a while. I mean, I don't think yeah, like an exciting one like this. No. I mean, I don't think like I, I would say like twenty fifteen Hawks were like fun, but they 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 it wasn't really this young team. There wasn't really a center guy to root for. If if there was a center, it's probably Al Horford, who's who's not even like a twenty point scorer at that point. It was it was really this, this team basketball, and they got destroyed by LeBron. Um, eventually, and then pretty much every iteration of that team got destroyed by LeBron or or someone else in the East. I think I think LeBron beat them twice at least in that run. I think so. Yeah. They beat they beat the Wizards when John Wall was injured, like the next year. Or no, they beat yeah. the, in 2015 the semis. They beat the Wizards and LeBron swept them. And then 2016 they played Cleveland in the first round, I think, and got swept. That was like five games. Yeah, oh, in 2017, yeah. that team was kind of done because I think that was the year that Horford went to the Celtics. Yeah, yeah. They haven't had a lot of success. They really haven't had a guy that's been that's had this gravity, at least fan wise, like this 
fan favorite like Trey Young is just a star that they drafted, homegrown talent. It's not really been a thing for them um, until now. So yeah, it's kind of two sides of the same coin. Yeah. With these with this Atlanta team and the and the Knicks team. It's just really two young, exciting teams, easy to root for, and contrasting styles too. Um, yeah, so it's, it's been a really interesting series and. This is one that I that we hope goes goes the distance. So if we see a game seven and, and Trey Young gets to be the villain, and if Rand, it's going to be Randall and Trey Young battling it out, um, Tibbs is going to play all those guys forty eight minutes. It's going to be an awesome, <laughs> awesome In madness. Finish. Oh, I want that so bad. Super excited <laughs> for for what happens there. Um, moving on to your team, the Suns. Oh man, who played oh, man. a played a great. Great shippy game one, um, yes. in which really no one on the Lakers played well. Aiton was dominant. Um, the Suns, I think, just looked like, good. Really looked we look good. good. That's a good way to yeah. put it. <laughs> in, his, in his first playoff yes. game, Chris Paul, even with being injured, was able to do a little bit more than he was in game two. Um, but I, I, I wasn't able to watch game one. Um, so, so what did you see? What did you see about on, on that first game, game? one? Um, yeah, game one. I thought we uh, sort of like their defense wasn't as much of a problem. It's still sort of a slow grind it out type of game. That's the kind of series that this is going to be. Um, but I felt like Booker did a really good job managing um, like the, the doubles. They were sending them really early. Um, and he just kind of got the ball out of his hands quickly and just reset the offense really well. Um, so I, I think that Booker kind of controlled the flow of the game really well in game one that way and kind of picked his spots to attack. And then once Chris Paul kind of went down, that was when he was like, okay, like I got to score. They're running him off those like double ball screens uh, off the handoff. And it, like he was just killing it because he's able to get to the middle of the floor and he has a lot of options. He's a really good passer. Um, he can make that mid-range shot. And so that was really working well for them. And the Lakers never really seemed to adjust in game one. Um, I thought that was the biggest surprise to me is that even after halftime, it's sort of like Phoenix is getting the same looks. Um, and the defense never really changed. Uh, they never really tried anything different. Um, I thought Drummond was probably giving us more trouble than anything. Um, like when the Lakers just went big in general. Um, I know Drummond has been getting a lot of hate. Um, that game two performance should shut a lot of people up because like he, his factor on the boards, like he's just a better rebounder than Aiden is. Right. And he is killing us on the offensive boards because we have nobody else that can match up with that size. Right. If we play Aiden, like playing Aiden and Sarge kind of messes up our offense. And so it's kind of tough to do that, which we had to try and do uh, when Jay got 2000 in game two. And it just doesn't really work. Right. So when the Lakers go big, like that's when I think we str like Phoenix struggles the most. Um, but in game one, like they kind of went a little bit smaller towards the end of the game. Um, the shots were going down for us a little bit more than it was for them. Uh, I don't think either team shot the ball too well. Um, but yeah, in the end, like the difference was the fact that like Aiton, when he has AD out there and it's just him and AD are the big men, Aiton dominated the boards and got, you know, I, I think it was what, like six or seven offensive rebounds, something crazy. Um, and, and we just blew them out of the water largely because of the offensive rebounding. Um, and Booker just being able to get to the middle of the floor pretty easily. Um, in game two, I thought the Lakers came out and adjusted really well defensively to where, like, they made it a lot tougher for Booker to get to the middle of the floor and operate. Um, they brought the double a little bit later. Um, they 
they sort of brought the double in the same way almost that Atlanta brings the double to Julius Randle to where like you're kind of using the double to cut off Booker's option on a drive, but you're not just doing it to get the ball out of his hands immediately, um, if that makes sense. And so I think that was probably the biggest adjustment that the Lakers made defensively, which now you're forcing other guys to, to actually create that penetration, which in the second half we got through Cameron Payne, um, which was like a crazy revelation. Uh, but, you know, like game two to me was just a show of the Lakers adjustments. And then also at the end of the game, it's like, hey, we still have LeBron and AD who didn't really do a whole lot in the first game. I thought LeBron was super passive, just looking to pass. It's a common theme was... in LeBron game ones. It really yep. it, it has happened a ton when you look at yep. when you look at these playoff series. It happened versus Boston 2018. It, it happened. I mean, it really happened last year in the in the uh, almost Rangers series and the Rocket series it, it yeah. does happen with him it, it's a weird thing yeah. um and that was yeah I mean that I thought helped us a lot just in gaining confidence defensively and whereas in game two like at the end of the game he realized like he's got to make shots and and that killed us and like that shot making is just something that we don't we don't have like Booker doesn't quite have that when CP3 yeah is Booker's not, not quite there, there yet in the, in not the, consistently not like that yeah, in the clutch <laughs> moments, I don't – yeah. yeah. For like a 93-93 game, he's not going to make that show. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, I think the Lakers game two at least were they, – they were smart. They played Gasol over Harrell. Um, yeah. Huge. Like Drummond, Drummond played pretty well, I think. Um, yeah. And Drummond was really the scapegoat in game one. And then he – game two, he, he showed up and Harrell did not. And Gasol did. There was, there was a moment where Gasol got, the, got a three – to give the Lakers the lead, he sort of hesitated. He, you could see him kind of being like, "I have to make this shot," and then he did. Yeah. And the Lakers immediately, the eighty at the five worked in this game. Um, they, yeah. while yeah, Davis he drew some pretty absurd, absurd fouls in this game um, that he's been getting a lot lately. Um, that that did happen, but as soon as they put eighty at the five, they go on a seven zero run and they put the game away. Despite Cameron Payne's best efforts, which were really impressive, he tried man, yeah, making up like the like uh, yes, if 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 CP three plays, you know, thirty five minutes in that game, do the Suns uh, win? Can we win? I, I think, think so. so. Yeah, but like, no, I mean, yeah, the production from Cameron Payne was still pretty good. The thing with Cameron Payne is that, like, the production is is there in terms of, like, the raw numbers, and, like, he's going to get points. Uh, maybe even, I guess, like, easier than Chris Paul can because, like, he is a little bit faster. He's a little bit quicker. He's more of a weird matchup for the Lakers, not really someone you expect either. But, like, CP3 just controls the game so much better and, like, controls. CP3 would have helped. Like, I don't think they're going in a 7-0 run if CP3 is in there. Yeah, yeah. He slows that game down. He gets the bucket, right? When they go up 95-93, he's getting that mid-range bucket the next time down, right? Like, it's it just changes the whole dynamic towards the end of the game. And that's why, like, campaign in little spurts at the end of the third quarter or to start the fourth quarter to get CP3 a little bit of rest is amazing. Right, that's a huge luxury to have off the bench, and like that can help us win games. But CP3 has to close. Um, okay, so LeBron hits that insane fade, that insane fadeaway that we've seen so many times. Um, that was just—I mean, you knew that was going. You knew. <laughs> and Lakers, they get the stops they need. AD finally hits a three that that he, it was really his like only shot that wasn't a dunk or a free throw in this whole game where. He just 
he's able to just tee it up. He's that really sealed the game. CP3 only plays three minutes in the fourth. He's clearly hurt. Um, we'll see about tonight. He is going to play tonight. Um, but yeah, what what do you think tonight? What what's your prediction? Um, I think the Lakers take this one. Um, I don't think CP3 is quite a hundred percent yet. Um. It was a, a weird moment because uh, the Suns Twitter, uh, like the Suns Twitter page, posted a photo of CP3 boarding the plane yesterday, and he had his bag slung over one shoulder, like the shoulder that's not hurt. And so it's like I don't know how we're feeling yes. about this one. Yeah. yeah, like only one shoulder, so like I, I don't know. Um, and it was taped up badly last game, so like I'm not feeling super great about it. Um, I just don't think that we can go into Staples without CP3 and steal a game. Um, game four is kind of the one that I, I feel like we need to, like, make sure he's super healthy for that one. Um, yeah, I think it's a good like, strategy. Kinda, yeah, and, and like, I, I think I'm not too worried about us going down 2-1 in the series. I don't think that's, like, a maker. Like, I don't think this game three is quite as important as I think normally game threes in a 1-1 series tend to be. Um, I still have a lot of confidence. Um, I think the team won't really feel too down off it either. Um, but I feel like the Lakers just come out, they shoot really well early, um, kind of just take the game away. Um, and then, you know, you, you got that one miracle comeback last game. I, I don't know if you can count on it twice. Yeah, if, if you're down, I mean, if you're down, like, let's say let's say the Lakers come out and it's it's like 18 to 7. Yeah, I think it's – Like, CP3 should just not – like, he should not be coming in for a while yeah oh yeah just rest on them like let it yeah. go it's fine yeah and and i think the lakers are also getting scott foster in this game i don't know if you saw so yeah. um that's that's a recipe for for something um not sure what <laughs> sure. probably lots of free throws <laughs> many texts uh, yeah. <laughs> and lots of free throws yeah um so okay we'll move on on that that is that that game's that game three is happening tonight um so is Bucks Heat. We'll get to that. And so is what's the third one? Denver. Denver yeah, Portland. Denver, Denver game three will be having time. But also can we just talk about the fact that they put like Lakers Suns at the same time as Clippers Dallas? Oh yeah. That's now they're putting it at the same time as Denver Portland. Like I hate that. Yeah, I mean I I don't know. Like why is Denver I don't know why Denver and Portland are getting their own time slot. That's definitely the series <laughs> I've watched the least of this entire playoff. <laughs> Like I watch more of Nets Celtics more than than Denver, just because I want to see like the the monster. Um, and I like I just don't care about the Denver Portland series. We'll talk about it later. I I, I mean I thought I, I did, but it's it's kind of disappointing. I just don't see any way that either of those teams is winning and is getting out of the second round. Yeah, and like uh, yeah, unless like Jamal Murray gets really into stem cells or something, I just I don't know. What, like, I don't know. I, like, Dame is not like, like Dame. Dame. We'll, we'll talk about it. But uh, yeah, let's move on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Clippers, Mavericks. The 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 death of the Clippers. What seems like uh, game one was blown up. <laughs> game one, they proved they have no answer for Luca again. They really didn't put Kawhi on him all that much, which is stupid, but. Even you can see in game two, even when they do put Kawhi on him, they can't keep Kawhi on him, so it doesn't really matter. Um, I don't have much, I don't have a lot of a lot to say about game two. Uh, the Clippers kind of struggle. The Clippers kind of let the Mavs back in it, but Porzingis say or no, the Mavs sort of let the Clippers back in it, but Porzingis was able to save them. 
I think, when the Clippers went small because Zubat yeah, has been a disaster in this series, and the Clippers so have kind bad. of thought about going small because of that. Um, game two, I caught a lot more of. Um, Kawhi comes out. He scores 18 in the first quarter. Um, Clippers still trail after one. So if I, if I read you the sentence that Kawhi had 18 points in a quarter, I'd be like, oh, the Clippers are probably up 10. They look good. No. <laughs> um, they were still down, I think, like three points maybe. Um, Luka and Kawhi duel for the entirety of the first half. Luka scores 23 in the first half. Kawhi scored 30. Um, the Mavericks as a team, though, were still able to lead because they shot so well from three in the first half. Yeah, it was crazy good. The score was like 73-71. It's a super high-scoring game, especially for a playoff game. Um, and then Luka kept going strong, and Kawhi just didn't. And that that's really the, the, the whole answer to what happened in this game. But Dallas was 9 of 20 at the free throw line at one point. Um, I don't know what they finished as, but if you just take 9 of 20 at face value – that's 45%. That's like absurdly bad for like, that's like, <laughs> that's like the number that you're hoping to get from like DeAndre Jordan when the Spurs used to just hack him to send him yes. to the line, it, like <laughs> to make up a few points. Um, and that was really the only thing that kept game two from just being a blowout. Like if the Mavericks had shot like even 15 for 20 or maybe even game's done yep. 13 for 20, it would have been like the game would have been out of reach for the entirety of the fourth quarter. Um, but yeah, the Clippers able, able to battle back a little bit. They needed, they needed more urgency than what they actually got. Um, just a side note, they gave Luke Kennard 64 million this summer. He hasn't played a single minute in the series. Um, I don't get it. Like, what are they saving him for? I don't know. They also played Terrence Mann for like 30 seconds in game one, who is, yeah. if you need intensity, I would tell you to familiarize familiarize yourself with some of his work because that's <laughs> what he does um and uh hardaway hits the dagger three to really end whatever um whatever um was happening with with the clippers trying to come back um and he's been awesome for them all year. And then Kawhi is really going to walk in free agency, it seems like. And the Clippers have ended he's this. Kawhi. Yeah, they've ended these Kawhi and PG years with probably a five-game loss in the first round. Could be four, could be six. They're not going to win it because you're not – I mean, you're not beating Luka four out of five times when three of those games are coming to Dallas. Yeah, you put it that way on Twitter, and like that's what like made me like, yeah, like they're not. It just it, doesn't. Like, this series is not happen. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. Like the the amount of like sweeping defensive changes that they'd have to make, I like. I don't even know if they have the personnel to be able to do it because like Beverly is a massive liability on defense, which he just can't be. Yeah. Like, yeah. And the whole, whole thing like, was I'm I'm a stopper, and now he's just, yeah. So it's like, why are you playing him at all, right? Don't play him. Like, I think they're better off going small, playing Reggie Jackson a bunch because he's actually making some shots, um, playing Terrence Mann because, like, it's a probably a better, like, defensive option, at least in terms of, like, energy than Pat Beverly is right now. And, like, even then, I'm like, I, I just don't see it. Right? Play like, Canard, play Terrence Mann, play like, energy. Yeah. 
I mean, the whole like, just, you gotta change it up big time. I don't even think Luca has like been like like that much better than like what we've seen. I, I think it's more of a Clippers fair, failure. I, the Clippers, I don't... Yeah, like the defense just looks so like out of like they don't know where to locate. <laughs> yeah, and it, he's and he's always going to be one step ahead. And you you you're not going to. He's got shooters. They knew that yeah. coming in. Um, that's what the whole identity of the team is, where it's either him driving because he's so big, where in the end of this game they're putting, you know, guys like like Beverly on him. They're putting – and he's just – he's like, you're too small. I'm just going to take you to the hoop every single time. I'm going to yeah. score. And that's what happened. Um, so – and then Porzingis, like, doesn't even really have to do much because – the Mavericks have been shooting so well. And then the Clippers, like the fact that Kawhi scored, you know, 40 plus in a game that they, that they lost in the playoffs is pretty, pretty insane fact. It's not like PG. A good shooting too. Yeah. PG was playing pretty well. It's just. Yeah, PG defense. was 12 of 22. Kawhi was 14 of 21. Yeah. And that's, that's some difficult shots. Cause those are the shots he takes. Kawhi is not someone who's getting, you know, Getting all these open, wide open jumpers. He's shooting, he's shooting tough two pointers. Um, and PG is sort of like driving, shooting threes. That's a pretty good game. That's 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 all you could ask for for both of those two guys. And you still lose by like I think it ended up being like seven or eight points. But yeah, I'm just not sure. Like, yes, the Clippers can string together a game where they just hit they hit twenty threes and they win. But I, I, I don't even know if that would win them again because <laughs> the defense is like that bad. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. The, the identity of this team, I mean, it sounds weird to say, but it kind of feels like the identity of the team changed once they signed Morris, where um, they sort of became this fake tough team, which is kind of like his whole like persona. Yeah. And he's been, you know, he's been good for them, I would say. Like, he's, he has some nights where he just – he's five for seven from three and he's a big impact. But it kind of made them feel like this team who who had kind of felt like they've been there before when they really just haven't. Um, yeah. Every every big moment, they never seem to come through. Um, unless, unless the circumstances are perfect, they fail. Um, the second this team is faced with any adversity at all, they just – they just showed they just collapse and Luca is just not that way at all. Luca's gonna attack you relentlessly. Um and yeah, Kawhi was super locked in and they needed it. But Yeah. Um, that was the best Kawhi game that I've seen in a couple like since Toronto. Oh, definitely. That was that was the best Kawhi game we've seen probably since Toronto game five of the finals, where yeah. he just goes off and scores the last like ten minutes and then Curry, Clay, done. But um that was it it, it took it took his that that's not Kawhi can't even do that. Like Kawhi can't probably yeah. do that twice in a series at this point. So and we kept waiting for it in the Denver series last year and it just never happened. Um yep. it, this is a team that if it, I mean the big picture stuff on this with the with them is the, the biggest storyline of probably the entire first round where they they leverage their they leverage everything to get these two guys. Um and Kawhi says, "Yeah, I'm not. I'm not coming here unless you get PG." So they're like, "Okay, let's go get PG from OKC. Let's give them all the picks that we have, um, and let's trade SGA, who, you know, would be good on this team. SGA and Gallinari really help them. They need a point Amazing. guard. 
Yeah. SGA was average, I think, 24 points a game this year for the for OKC. Yeah, uh... OKC team with no spacing and no offensive talent, really. Um, and he, if you slide, let's say you slide him into the, the, you know, all those minutes that are playing by their, the, their three shitty point guards. Um, just, yeah. yeah, that would be a big, that would be a big help. Um, Ibaka has been injured, but I don't think that's really a, that's not making a massive impact. It's not like the strength of Dallas is their bigs. He's not going to be guarding Luca. Like no. it's kind of this. I don't know. And th- this is what they wanted. They wanted to play the Mavs and they've been, they've been proven so horribly wrong. <laughs> and yeah, I should have played Denver, bro. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. You should have gone for Denver. I guess Lakers. Uh, yeah. They, they are in danger of getting swept. And if you're Kawhi right now, I can't, I mean, we couldn't believe it in the moment. I don't think that he left Toronto because of the good situation that it was. Yeah. Like when we talked about it. At least we were like, I, I don't really get the move. They had another finals run last year. I thought. Oh, absolutely. They're they're they were one layup away last year without Kawhi from, from yeah. going to the Eastern Conference Finals and probably getting to six games with Miami. I would say. Yeah. I don't think they're and beating. If Kawhi's Miami. on that team. They're beating Miami easy. If Kawhi's on that team, they're probably beating Miami, and they're probably beating the Lakers. I. I, I yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I, yeah. So, like. Because, yeah, I mean, I think you still have the legs of Gasol and Ibaka. Like, I, I think they could have made it work. Yeah. The nurse, I, I think, mean, would have been You definitely have – you're, you're better equipped to deal with the Lakers' front court than any team. Yeah. So, that's really the main issue that my yeah. – yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think – yeah, Kawhi, big mistake. If you if you want to say it's because all the business opportunities you can, but I haven't seen much from him on that side. So, I, I don't know. Maybe yeah. – the guy really wanted to live in San Diego, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I think, that must be it, man. <laughs> it is, he hasn't been the same since he left, and it's it's kind of his defense just gets worse and worse. It feels like it's just not the same level of player. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess uh, like there, people are better equipped to handle his defense now, and they're yeah, that's true. A lot the whole has sort of dropped off, but like yeah, I don't know. It, it just doesn't. Like the stuff that he's doing just doesn't seem like it's looked. It, it doesn't. It's not as fun. Doesn't look right. It's. I don't know. Like he had forty one in that game, and I thought he needed to do more. You know, like yeah. it still felt like he was almost having like not an off game, but like he wasn't doing as much as he could be. Yeah, I think it's yeah. a good way to put it. Well, where where do you think this series ends up going? Because I think the Mavs are probably just going to win at five. In five at this point five now, yeah, five, maybe six, but I would honestly say five. I don't know. I just don't know what the clip like. The Clippers are not this team that like can like roar back and like really make this a series. It's just not like what we've seen out of them. That's that's not. Yeah. Like I, I would think the Dallas' shooting would really, really need to dry up, but like I, I just don't see that happening with the quality of looks that they're getting. Um. Yeah. I, I just don't see it. Yeah, and I mean Dow yes, Dallas has been really hot. They have. But that like they're go they're about to go home for two games in, yeah. a, in a full capacity <laughs> arena in Dallas where they all love Luca and they all love this team. Um it's gonna yeah. be Luca's first home playoff game ever. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. that'll be exciting. And yeah, I just I just feel like the Clippers are gonna roll over. I don't know. I 
think so. Yeah, just, I mean, this, they have nothing to show for. They haven't been to a conference finals in these last two years. When, uh, when I think, like, I don't know, like a third of people last year probably picked them to win the title. A little yeah. bit less this year, most likely, but they were they have been a yeah. popular pick for the last two years. Um, I had them go to the finals. I thought this team is like with the way the bracket like shaped out, like this should be, like they should. Yeah, no, they at did. least make the conference finals. They they got the positioning <laughs> they wanted. For yeah, sure. Yeah, um, everything worked out for them, and they still can deliver. I, like I don't know what to say. <laughs> I, I'm glad we don't have to talk about them anymore. Um, uh, honestly. Yeah. Watch them come back now. Let's <laughs> rattle off the next four. <laughs> oh, it would be the first time that a Kawhi team. Honestly, yeah. But, uh, there, there's no, there's no Coach Bud on the other side. So I'm not sure it's happening. <laughs> yeah. um, but speaking of Coach Bud, he has impressed us because what a segue. I know that that was one of the most organic ones I think I've ever. Had. Um. So game one of Miami. Uh, Milwaukee was probably the best game of the playoffs so far. And that was the yes. first game of the entire playoffs. <laughs> and you know? I missed it. <laughs> uh, it. Oh, you missed it? I missed it, yeah. Uh, I was out all Saturday. Yeah, I was at the race. Oh, no. Oh, you were at the first race. Then. I was at the first races, yeah. yeah I went to trucks and Xfinity. Yeah, so you, yeah, you, got the, you got the big boys, yeah. <laughs> I got lucky, man. Um, <laughs> And if you don't, we were talking about NASCAR the in, at Circuit of the Americas, but so I, I I did miss some. I, that's why I missed the Suns game because of that and some other yeah. later Sunday games. I was back for I was back for Knicks Hawks, which I was fortunate, okay. but I missed the first two. Um, anyway, game one, Heat hit twenty threes. If I told you that, you would think they win by like eleven to fifteen, probably. Yeah. No, not the case. Bucks. Were able to survive. Uh, Chris Middleton hit a game-winning shot. Uh, Drew Holiday, huge steal um, in the, in the heat of the moment to to give them a lead. I think in overtime, um, super exciting game. Jimmy was able to tie it to send an OT, and then uh, Middleton hits the super hard shot. Uh, game one felt like a must-win for the Bucks, just because you can't give the Heat yeah. that laggard they sort of live on. Um, and then game two. Everyone's thinking, oh, Miami, how will they bounce back? What's their adjustment? Oh, th- there was no adjustment. The Bucks just came out and hit <laughs> 10 threes in a quarter. The they first led- quarter of that game was yeah. surreal. They led 46 to 20 after the first quarter. Um, the largest lead for a playoff team after the first quarter in 25 years. So that is significant. Um, Forbes comes off the bench in the first quarter. He scores 14 points in five minutes. It's it's four threes. Um, yeah, Miami just didn't have the horses in that game. Um, it looks like they don't. They, yeah. And if they if they're having to hit you know 18 to 20 threes to keep a game competitive, it's not looking good for them. Granted, we haven't seen their big adjustment yet that they're known for. We haven't seen. But what I don't know what it would be. If it's zone, I don't even think that works. The Bucks are going to just hit no, all three. Yeah, yeah. But Jimmy's been terrible. Bam's been terrible. Robinson's yeah. been pretty good. Other than that, there's not a lot of bright spots. Ariza's been horrible. He was kind of the guy that you were hoping. I told you. I told you. Over the He's not Jay. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he slid into that Crowder role and – 
has been a dumpster fire from the, the The most positive thing he did was that, like, weird push-up thing on top of Giannis trying to, like, injure him. That's the closest, that like, thing to a positive play. That, I've never seen that before. The second half of that game, it just <laughs> felt like something horrible was going to happen. Yeah. Is the Heat were just getting, like, more and more pissed. It's like, can we just call it off? Like, can we just, like, move It's a mercy rule, please. Yeah, like... It, like, there was no way they were coming back because how well Milwaukee was playing. And Giannis was still in the game. It just gave me this uneasy feeling. But uh, Lopez has played better than expected, I would say. I thought yeah, he was washed. I thought, yeah, I thought he was going to be unplayable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, I, you, uh, this, is a very, this is of interest to you. So, Randall, yes. Randall on this. Oh, because I saw the tweet and your guy, uh, the Action Network guy, right? Hardwood Paroxysm or whatever. I don't even oh, know what his real yeah. name is. Yeah. <laughs> so I saw his tweet. You actually made me follow him. Great follow, by the way. You, you guys should all follow Oh, he's my him. favorite. He's my favorite. Yeah. Of probably all of <laughs> It's amazing. Um, but yeah, he tweeted about Brooke, um, like actually being a solid defensive choice inside. And he's actually with how poorly Bam has played um, and hit like Bam's just inability to even shoot a, like a mid-range jumper, like even a short mid-range jumper, he will, like he will pass it up. And that just makes Brooke like this huge option inside. Now you have like sort of a rim protector slash like guy to put on Bam just to like match up in terms of size, which now leaves Giannis open to go terrorize Jimmy and just like, like hunt people down off ball. Um, and it just, it kind of like, it just unlocks so much more of what Milwaukee's able to do because otherwise like you, I guess you'd be stuck with playing Portis, which just doesn't really work or you go super small, which I think probably favors Miami a little bit more um, and is a little bit easier for Miami to get into the game. But yeah, when you have this kind of size, like I think it makes a difference. He's been good rebounding the ball. Um, and it, like the, the sort of slow movement that I think you noted about him earlier in the season hasn't really come back to bite them at all. Like he, he seems yeah, he's not really having to close out. out. Yeah, really they're not calling him out at all. Yeah, he's he, he's just kind of containing Bam. He's he, he's a good positional defender in that he knows where to be. He's smart. Yeah, there's a lot of it. Um, and if Bam, I, I'm Honestly, I'm pretty surprised that Bam isn't shooting those because that was something that he really worked on, it seemed like, yeah. for all the offseason. And, it, like, this season, he has been hitting those shots. I'm, I'm surprised that he's not taking those. Now, he and Jimmy have to play better um, for them to get back in it. I think Spolster's going to do something in game three or four that's going to be <laughs> Something we don't even expect. Something I don't even know. Like, I something I probably haven't seen before. They're going to invent a new zone defense that'll be like a – They'll play like a one 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 two or something and like fuck up like I don't know they're gonna do something like completely insane and and we'll see how that goes but um, yeah I just don't think there's a path the fact that Milwaukee was able to have this blowout win is kind of like significant the fact that they know they can beat this team and they know that they're better. Um, it, it's it's sort of like I don't know. It's it's it feels like it feels like Spurs Spurs Miami almost in the finals. Oh, like the twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. It's not like not the, the like the ball movement, but it's just like 
we want our revenge and we're coming, we're going to kill you. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's just no contest. Like, you kind of know it's done after game game two. Um, yeah, I, I can see it. I can see it. Yeah, and, and while that series really, like, didn't, didn't, like, decide itself until game three and four, it's the same kind of revenge factor. Um, yeah, you knew the Spurs were coming. And, yeah, I mean, Drew Holiday's all, made all the difference in the world. He's, he's such an Massive. upgrade episode that maybe the trade was worth it now. I think it depends how far yeah. they've been getting in the playoffs. Plus 64 so far in the playoffs. That, that is a stat. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, that's that's a good – I think Jimmy's like a minus like 39 or something. Yeah, it was something crazy. I saw I saw a tweet where he was like in um, um, <laughs> uh, he is I can pull this up. Okay. A negative seventy one per oh, hundred. Wow, that is much worse than I thought. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now both those are per hundred, but like still. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Uh, yeah, you would hope he would have a, at least a positive impact. Um yeah. Yeah, I, I think Miami's going to end up losing this in five. I do think there'll be that one game where they, they do pull the adjustment and it will work, and then Milwaukee will figure it out probably the next game, and then they'll go back to Milwaukee for game five, and it'll be close now. Probably definitely close in game two, but Giannis will have the – he'll smell the blood and he'll go for it. Um, yeah. Okay, so those are the top four. The top three, yeah, top four. Um, now the bottom four. We really have two left that are interesting. Um, Jazz Grizzlies, I think, is is becoming a little bit more interesting than than a lot of people thought. Game one was sort of this Donovan Mitchell controversy where it seems like he's playing and then oh wait he's not playing. He's pissed and the players are confused. And the Grizzlies come out and they come out with a lot of energy despite having those two must-win games. They, they beat the Warriors on Friday night, which is not something we even talked about because yeah. in the podcast Friday afternoon, they came out to beat the Warriors. That's why we haven't mentioned the Warriors once. <laughs> um, so they beat the Warriors in the elimination game. Coach Schneider is still playing like Niang in these games, and he's just not tightening the rotations enough. It's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of bizarre, especially in game one. Game two, he, game two, he was a little better, but... Um, yeah. Jazz don't defend well in game one, and they don't shoot well from three. And if they don't do either of those things without Donovan Mitchell, they're just not going to win because they don't have a star. Um, and Valanciunas, John Morant, Dylan Brooks all come out. Dylan Brooks especially, yeah. man. Yeah, especially him. He has no fear ever. But um, <laughs> all three of them come out with confidence. Um, right after that, that Warriors game, that was really tight and they took, it took a lot of out of them to win. I'm sure. Um, and Rudy did not play well against Valanciunas, who is sort of this super physical matchup for him. That's kind of, that's kind of not like the ideal matchup for him. Uh, he played, Rudy played a lot, lots better in game two, but um, game one was sort of this weird, this weird. I think thing. Valanciunas was also in foul trouble game two though. Yeah. And Rudy was in foul trouble for game one, but yeah, uh, he fouled out actually, but um, game two, Mitchell returns, comes out strong, but Jaw is the story of the game. He goes 47, seven and seven, which is the most, it is the only game in NBA history playoff game where the player scored 45 plus before the age of 22. Wow. 
<laughs> that is very impressive. LeBron, LeBron was 22 when he when he had the 48 versus versus Detroit. So Jaws still 21. Um, yeah, but the Jazz put up 141 points and they just outscored them and they hit 19 threes and it just became a little overwhelming. Now game three, I think things can become interesting because I I, I do think it is a weird sort of matchup for the Jazz, especially with Jaron Jackson Jr. It hasn't been really got even gotten going so far in the series. No, yeah, he looked kind of off in the the plans too. So yeah, he he's been coming back from injury. I, I just don't. Yeah, I don't know. What, do you do you think this has a chance of going to six? I, I could see six. Um, I struggle to see it going seven. Um, I see six mainly if you see sort of uh, a Valanchunas kind of dominates inside and Morant sort of dominates again um, to, to get a win at home. Yeah. But, like, outside of that, like, I, I don't know. I think uh, – I don't think Utah's overly worried about going to Memphis. Like, Yeah, yeah. It's too thing. scary of a prospect. You have Mitchell back. Like, I feel like you're feeling pretty comfortable if you're Utah. Like, you're just kind of looking at that game one. And you're like, wow, a lot of things kind of went wrong for us. It's a right? weird – it messes up your psyche when you think your best player is playing and then he's not. Yeah. Like, what? Where is this guy? Like, yeah. Then it just be you, a lot of pressure gets put on to these other guys. I and mean, it's just a weird kind of feeling. Yeah. yeah I, I would, think they're okay. I think if I had to pick, I'm going to go six because I, I, I do think that Memphis has one more game in them. Yeah, two two games at home. I'll give them one of them. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, I, I, if it goes seven, I think it. I think it's that's danger. That I do think Chicago will rise to the occasion if that does happen. Yeah, I, I could see yeah. Memphis winning it if they can pull it that far. Yeah. So, but I, uh, hopefully that happens. Gotta be awesome. But I, I don't. I don't see yeah. It. Um, Nuggets Blazers. We'll do quick on them and quick on the next two series that have become less and less interesting. But. Um, <laughs> Blazers came out game one. They make a lot of threes. Anthony Simons was great. Um, or Anthony Simons? Anthony. Yeah. yeah. He was a big factor. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have much to say about it other than they hit a bunch of threes in one. Um, game two. <laughs> yeah. Game two. Um, Dame comes out. He was 32 at the half. He hits eight threes in the first half, but it just wasn't good enough. Some of the threes he was making, man. So bad. What? Some of the threes that Dane was making in that oh, game. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um he yeah, they Denver Denver's offense was or their defense of Portland was so bad that Denver was able to play Shaq Harrison and get away with it. It was this kind of guy that they just stick on 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 Dame. And I think Dame only ended up hitting one more three and the Nuggets won by like twenty five. So game three will be back in Portland. This is this is tough. It's tough to make a call on this series. I'm still. I'm gonna go Portland just because. I, I think I think CJ has a game where he where he goes nuts and I don't know. I think the totality of their star power is just a little bit greater than what Denver has. But I, I really went back and forth on it. Yeah, uh, I still got Portland. I think they did their job in Denver. They steal one game. It's um, what you have to do going back home. Um, and I think they, they will favor themselves to probably win both at home here, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, Dame, Dame is kind of just warming up at this point. Um, and, and like you said, yeah, CJ hasn't really had his kind of game yet. Um, so we'll, we'll see. But, yeah, I think the shooting that Portland has is just 
it's overwhelming at, at some point, right? Yeah, it's a little superior to what Denver can can offer. And yeah, Jokic could have some incredible games in him, but I, I don't think it'll be enough with what the firepower that Portland has. Um, anyway, do you have anything on Wiz Sixers and Nets Celtics? I don't have much. nothing. I have nothing on Wizards. <laughs> I yeah, thought that the, series might be close, like the games at least, but like yeah, that one's looking like a, game one was pretty close, just because no one other than Harris could really do anything for Philly. But game two was a blowout last night, and um, I don't know. I, I think Embiid's just going to be able to sweep. Could be headed for a sweep, and then Nets Celtics. I think you can say it's going to be a sweep. Yeah, and that's not even like the Celtics being bad. It's just like it's the Nets. And they're just better. Yeah, I think like the, the Celtics in game one are pretty impressive, honestly. Yeah, but, like, they played an incredible half. And then, like, KD just comes out and, like, ruins yeah. well, all Well, Robert Williams had, like, nine blocks or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, he, it was yeah. something crazy. But, um, like, you just can't stop the firepower. And, like, they only need one quarter to really get it going. And then Well, they really only need one guy to have, like, 30. And after that, it kind of just – kind of just – snowballs <laughs> and – the, yeah. the shot making. Um, but yeah, that's all right. So we, we, we recapped all the series a little bit. Um, game two, heading into game three, it's a pivotal point. Um, you know, as, as hopefully, I, I think I think we're going to end up having one or two of those seri- these series go seven. For me, I hope it's Knicks, and I hope it's um, – I think it would be fun if the Phoenix – Lakers win seven. I think the Phoenix one's going seven. I think it's heading that way. Ooh. I think so. Okay. Okay. Um, well, that's a bold. I, I think. I, I don't know. I, I think. Well, if CP3 doesn't come back, that series could be done to like five. But um, if CP3 comes back, I, I, I need. I need to see. I need to seven. see him looking like like him regular. Soon. I just don't like. I, I don't know if that's gonna happen. That's yeah. Cool. I'm scared of. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I, I don't think the Clippers have a chance to come back. I just don't. And, I'd be very, very surprised. And I – yeah, I mean, the, the, the other ones that are 2-0. I, I think Memphis-Utah I think Memphis, Utah could get interesting. Yeah, but, I hope it gets interesting. Yeah, out of the one ones, I think I think we have a clear top three of, of Knicks, um, Phoenix, and I guess Memphis because – yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah. think. I think well, like, everything else is. I think Portland, the Portland, Denver, and and Utah, Memphis series are kind of the same. Where I don't think it's going seven, but I think it could be fun. Uh huh. Portland, Denver, I thought would be a lot more fun than it has been. I just don't care. Like I, 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 I don't know <laughs> why? Like it seems like it seems like every game they play. Also, like I can't. Like I, I'm not like happening to be sitting around while it's on so i haven't like seen a lot yeah, of that i'm not gonna carve out time for that series like neither of those teams are winning in the second round that's where i'm at like i don't yeah um yeah okay. yeah <laughs> well anyway we will return with more um nba playoff action so enjoy